a fabringen in Yiddish, a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avton Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avton, and it's a pleasure and opportunity to be here. We're talking today as we find ourselves in the 8th of the year, the 20th of April, and we're a few days away from a mini holiday. It's actually next Monday, but the next show is Tuesday. I'm not sure it's a public holiday. We'll still see. So I want to talk about Pesach Sheni, the upcoming little Chag, but mainly about its lesson, its message, its relevance, its power, it, and why it resonates. The short story of the Pesach Sheni of the second Passover is that the first year after the Exodus, when the Jewish people left Egypt, they were in the desert now, and they were told to keep the holiday of Pesach, Passover, to commemorate the first um, year, Exodus, the first anniversary. And there were some Jews that, for whatever reason, were not able to bring the sacrifice. They were in a state of ritual impurity. So they come to Moshe, to the leader, Moses at the time, and they say, it's not fair, why must we lose out? We want to have an opportunity to be able to be part of this incredible tradition. And Moshe reaches out, talks to God, and God says, they're right, they are correct in their request, and indeed we will make a second Passover and in the biblical times, that meant that whoever was unable to bring the sacrifice in the first opportunity came a month later, exactly a month to the day, the 14th of Iyar, and they would bring the sacrifice for the Pesach, for the Pesach um, the Paschal Lamb. It wasn't exactly a replay of the first Pesach. You were allowed to have chametz, you were allowed to have leavened with you, etc. It was a bit different, but ultimately there was a opportunity, a second chance to get it right. And throughout the years, you know, often when it comes to this time of the year, the theme that comes across strongly that we're encouraged to think about is second chances, second chances, the opportunity of a second chance, don't give up. And it's something that I believe has been explored on Soul to Soul on Chai FM over the years. But this year, as this day is coming closer, it's, it's resonated in a different way. And that is to even want a second chance. Do we even want a second chance or are we looking for an excuse to justify why the first chance wasn't used? In other words, to really want an opportunity to succeed, to be driven, you have to believe that there is a second chance. You have to believe in its opportunity and you have to want it. But if you don't want it, it's not there. So let me give you an example. What's he saying? What's he actually saying? Let me give you an example. I was recently talking to some students. Last year and a half has been hard for many of us, pretty much all of humanity. 
and especially hard for students who, you know, their, their dreams, a lot of them were curtailed, their, their fun, their experiences, even their studies were definitely not at the same um, level and experience the way they were used to. And one of the side effects that we can see is quite a few people giving up, not on life necessarily, which is unfortunately that as well, but giving up on dreaming, giving up on believing that life is good, giving up that life has opportunities. And just like, okay, this is what it is, temperature taking and mask wearing and financial struggle and no and limited international travel and self pity and I get it. In other words, we totally get it. It's, there, there's a strong reason for why we're at. But if a lesson that we take out of COVID is that life is just there to mess you over, that life is not pretty, that life is just horrible and that your dreams, um, I'm not talking about silly dreams, but your true dreams are not worth following, then I think we're totally allowing COVID to win this battle. To start believing that that's it, there is no second chance. That's it, life has taken away my opportunities. I, have do I don't have another chance. That itself is the greatest I would say, for many of us, the greatest curse that came out of the experience of the last 14 months of COVID. You see, the second Passover comes and reminds us that there is a second chance if you're seeking it. They had to ask. These Jews who were not able to bring the first Passover sacrifice had to come and ask Moshe, please give us an opportunity to do it. But if you don't ask, if you don't want, if you don't believe that that you can go and get that, then it won't happen. It won't happen. I remember reading in um, one of uh, Malcolm Gladwell's books, he was describing that unfortunately research has shown that when children grow up in in poverty, but not necessarily poverty financially, but a poverty mindset, it doesn't only affect you know, so many areas of life that money affects, but it affects their, their dreams. They don't learn how to be assertive. They don't learn how to fight for what's theirs. They just like, you know, kind of give up before there's even a chance. It's actually in his book, Outliers, where he describes um, the person declared um, who's been tested to have the highest IQ in the world, about 200, some ridiculous number, and how he's never been able to make a life for himself because simply a, a terribly low sense of self, okay, self-esteem is a cliche, but the, the inability of standing up for himself, and he explains that based on the person's background and like his inability of actually standing up. In other words, the first thing a person needs is the belief that there are second chances, that a no is not necessarily a permanent answer. It could be temporary. I'm not saying you have to become a nudge and a nudnik, and if someone tells you no ten times, you don't come knocking on the door on the 11th. But the first no is not always a no. It's I'm not ready, but I'll try again. 
but some of us like our our belief that there is what to fight for that I could still have so much opportunity in life and I could do such incredible things is is so lacking and the first message that pays are saying that the second passover is coming and saying is ask if you don't ask you don't get there would be no second passover if these people didn't come and say lama nigara why do we lose out so ask yourself before you you know you sit there feeling sorry and act like gosh i don't get this opportunity and that opportunity ask yourself a simple question did you turn away from the opportunity the second they said no or did you ask it so cautiously that they felt like there's no confidence and they said no or did you actually believe in it because if you believe that you're put here in a purpose if you believe that there's something you can do you'll definitely most definitely do it this is the fabringen with rabbi levi afton on 101.9 high fm and before the break we started addressing this idea of giving up you know we often talk about self esteem low self esteem it's like there's a pandemic of low self esteem and there's a, <laughs> you might say cynically there's a pandemic about talking about low self esteem which is like everyone talks about it. it's all over and it's been going on for the last 3 4 decades um the word self esteem till today kind of like weirds me out it's a weird thing i don't know if you have to esteem yourself or rather have a esteem for your purpose have a esteem for your soul have a esteem for god who put you in this world with a purpose and a soul but regardless this idea of believing that i'm here for a reason and therefore i won't give up you see some people don't give up because they want to make something of, the, of themselves they want to build a legacy they want to know that they've lived this one chance and maxed it out which is a interesting reason because ultimately you make a big success of yourself and then what happens with the success ultimately if life is meaningless and you come from nowhere and going nowhere as we spoke about in previous weeks then this dream of making something of yourself only to then just go and die is pointless but if you believe that you're here for a reason and your purpose is huge and that's why you were put in this world because there is a purpose for you being here then there is no legitimacy to give up there is no legitimacy to not fight hard Inter- earlier this week if you don't mind I'll just go a bit kabbalistic for a moment earlier this week I was giving a class on Jewish mysticism and kabbalah hasidot and we were talking about humility in the eyes of Jewish mysticism that humility does not mean walking around feeling not good or feeling less than but rather feeling that it's not about me one of the greatest sentences a person can live with is it's not about me not that i don't exist and not that i'm not important and not that i don't have to take care of myself but all of that is not about me it's about playing my role and the more we can get out of our own way the more we could take the word me and i and what are my feelings and just me 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 obsession 
out of the equation and focus on the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is not the other, not necessarily. It's about focusing on the other, the capital other, God, and asking yourself a simple question, what does he want of me? What does he want of me? One of the, you know, Rabbi Sachs passed away a few months ago, and a lot of people have been saying, like, what's resonated with him, with, from all his teachings, one of the most prolific teachers of our time. And for me personally, one of his most effective things that he ever said was one time they asked him on a small little video, like a stump the rabbi kind of session, they asked him, Rabbi, if you were able to ask God one question, what would it be? You know, often people say, you know, why did the Holocaust happen or something else? And his answer was, was mind-blowing. He says, I would ask God, what do you want of me? Not like in a negative time. What do you want of me? But rather, what, why am I here? What is my purpose? What do you want from me? And I was watching, um, recently they asked a bunch of different celebrities in Israel, if they could have a coffee date, who would they sit with? And one of the celebrities, she said, it's a religious woman. She says that I would just like to sit across a sage who could tell me what my purpose in life is. In other words, the, the, the greatest clarity is when you know what God wants of you. And the greatest confusion is when you think it's about you, so you don't even ask the question, what does God want of me? When I think it's all about me, and I'm chasing my dreams, then no matter how high I climb on the ladder, I'm on the wrong ladder. And the further I climb up, actually the further I am, because I have to climb all the way down that ladder and then start up the new ladder. In other words, asking yourself why you're here and believing that you're here for a purpose, for a godly purpose, is at the heart it's, it's the beginning, it's the foundation of the day. And that's why when we wake up in the morning, the first words we say, it's the first words in the Siddur in the prayer book. Thank you, God, eternal and living and enduring God, that you return to me, my soul with compassion. You've given me back my soul with compassion after it went away from me during my sleep. Part of my soul returned to its creator during sleep, and now it came back to me. Rabba Minasecha, how great your faith is in me. And that's why I'm going to go face my day. But the first thing I'm acknowledging is, Modani, I'm grateful, and I acknowledge that I'm here to serve you, that you gave me back my soul, and that you believe in me, and, I, and I'm going to now go justify that belief in you by doing the impact I am. And... You might sit there saying that this is just religious fanaticism. But even from a psychological point of view, many people, when I've, you know, when we've spoken about these ideas, the idea of getting out of your own way, will acknowledge that even from a psychological point of view, it's the healthiest thing you could do. To make the world center around something other than yourself. It's because if you do, if it's all about you and the world surrounds and centers you and what you want, that's such a feeble and unstable foundation. If that's the core, if that's the, the atom in the middle of, upon which everything is surrounding, what am I? Which part of me? 
the best part of me, the worst part of me, my dreams when I'm 10, my dreams when I'm 20, my, my, the animal part within me that's trying to make me materialistic, base, and, and pleasure-seeking, the, the wise part within me, the clueless part within me. Which part? When it's all about you, what, what's you? You know, we change every single day. I just think about how much we've all changed in the last year and a half. So a world that surrounds you, forget about the religious aspect for a moment, from a psychological perspective, that is so unreliable. Because each day I want something else. I remember, I, I've shared this before, when I got married, one of my friends told me, gave me, you know, when you get married, all your friends come around and offer you great wisdom advice because, you know, they've been married for four months longer than you, so they've figured it all out. <laughs> but he actually said something very clever. He said, as much as you should, you know, love your wife and, and focus on, on, on building a home together, remember that the marriage is bigger than both of you and believe in marriage even more than you believe in each other. In other words, believe in the value of what you're about to do. Believe in the institution. Believe in the in the in, in the mitzvah. Believe in the in, in the godliness that's brought into your home through this union. Believe in that, and that will hold you. And year by year, I, I see the wisdom in in that statement so powerfully because if it's all about me, I'm changing constantly. My wife's changing. We're human beings. We're constantly changing. And if you married based on simple attraction or, you know, charisma, that's not a stable thing. That changes with the, with the wind. As human beings, we're so different and, and, and realities and circumstances affect us. And we're just not that kind of robot that we are the same person we were 10 years ago. It's actually a shocking uh, marriage if, the marriage is exactly now where it was 10 years ago. It has to mature, it has to advance. But if it's based on something which is solid, rock solid, then no matter what, no matter who we you know, evolve into become and which parts of our personality surface, the foundation is solid. So ask yourself a simple question. The foundation of your sense of self, the foundation of your relationship, the foundation of your parenting, the foundation of your career, even the foundation of your exercise and training, the foundation of where you choose to live. What's it based on? What do you base your decisions on? What, what's the anchor? What do you fall back on? Where do you go dig? When you're going to look deep, where do you look? Do you look into what I'm feeling today? What everyone else says, what the Jones say, what the conversation on the street is. I remember there was a certain fellow, he always used to walk over to me and when he tried to complain um, about something, you know, people fetch, whatever, it's the human experience. He always said, people say, people are saying, people are saying this, people are saying that. Usually they only meant one person said it, but people are saying. But don't talk to me about what people are saying. What do you say and why do you say it? If you have something to say, say it, but what these people are saying. But often that's the way we base our foundations. Our foundations are based on people saying, so it is, I saw it on Facebook. And the anti-vaccine movement is a perfect example of that. People are saying, who cares what people are saying? Ultimately, medical, you go to medical professionals, no, people are saying, becomes the new, the new mode, people are saying. It's crazy. 
But can you imagine building a foundation of your values based on that? Whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. Why did you marry this person? It just felt right. Okay, that's nice. It's a nice bonus. But that's it. It just felt right. I mean, you guys are going in two different directions in life. You want to live here. They, they, the other person wants to live there. You want children. The other person doesn't want children. You want to be focused on your career. The other person doesn't. You want you don't you want wealth. The other person doesn't. Like, but what, what does that mean that you're you just it feels right? If the math doesn't add up, no matter what you're feeling, you're going to be in a relationship that's going to be in constant struggle because your values don't align. Nah, feelings are important. They are important only after you've figured out values. And it's the same thing when it comes to my sense of self and how I see myself. If my sense of self is like, oh my gosh, I'm so qualified, I'm so talented, you know, I have such charisma, or a person convinces themselves, you know, it's my looks or my my character and, you know, my money, my bank accounts. I mean, really? That's where, what an unstable sense of self to base things on. It slips. It cannot stand. It's just the sad reality of life that it cannot stand. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM, Rabbi Levi Avtson coming close to the end of the show. Today's topic, we've really been addressing the idea of what's your anchor. And it follows the beginning of our show where pretty much we brought the story of the second Passover that happened in the desert, and we said, what encourages a person to want a second chance, to fight, to, to believe that dreams are worth chasing? And the point we were addressing is, if it's your dreams and it's all about me, then, yeah, not necessarily is it worth chasing. But if I remember that the only reason I'm here, my talents are not my own, my dreams are not my own, but rather... It's it's that soul within me to coming and saying, this is what you're here to do. You know, a talent that we have, the writing, you feel like you need to express yourself in writing, you need to express yourself in music, or you need to express yourself through law or through medicine. That's not you. It's not you. It's, it's, it's God within you. God's saying, I need you to be a doctor. I need you to be a writer. I need you to be a teacher. I need you to be a parent. I need you to do acts of kindness. I need you to, to fundraise. Whatever it is, that's, that special calling we all feel is, is, is our purpose. It's, it's what God put us here for. And when we remember that my talents are not my own, because God, it's all from you. It's from your, your hand. And it's not only a gift to me, it's not for me. My talent is not my gifts. No, it's my purpose. If I have a talent, then it's a vehicle through which to bring God's message to this world. Because each and every one of us has that soul. And each and every one of us was put into this world by a creator for a purpose of bringing a certain message to better the world a certain way. And the more we are in sync with that idea that we're here for a reason and obviously getting to know what our strengths are, the more we can make the impact we and we won't give up. The greatest sense of self-esteem, the greatest sense of courage comes when you realize that behind you is God himself. In other words, God's standing right behind you. You're leaning on him. So you can't fall back because you have the greatest anchor of all. 
the creator who put you in this imperfect world to help perfect it. So ask yourself, what does your life anchor around? Ask yourself, what's the foundation? What keeps you going? What's that? When you're lost, and we all have moments of loss, what do you fall into? What do you hold on to? Is it some, you know, compliment? Is it a like on Facebook? Is it image, physicality, or some other cheap version of self? Or is it like, what do you mean? Sit, close your eyes, and remember, I am here. And the fact that I woke up today is not a default. It's not biologically, that's what most people do, they wake up. No, I'm here because the Creator put me here. And He believes that I am capable. And He believes that I'm not only capable, He gave me those capabilities. And He's almost egging me on. New, get your act together. Play your part. Do your thing. Shine your light. And when this is not based on, again, we're all talented, we're all fantastic, we're all incredible, but rather when it's based on the idea that there's a creator who put us here, our foundation is rock solid and we can never move. We're like a tree whose roots are deep in the ground. No wind will knock us over. But if we have a glamorous tree, but our foundations are not deep, we might convince ourselves, oh my gosh, I'm so popular, I'm so fantastic. Everyone tells me I'm fantastic, so I must be fantastic. But in one second, it's gone because there's no roots. And this year of COVID really asked us a simple question. How deep are your roots? How strong is your foundation? That's not a question for me to ask. It's a question for each and every one of us to ask ourselves. This is 101.9 High FM. We're about to wrap up the show on this Tuesday. Um, wishing each and every one of us a wonderful week, a healthy week that, please God, we should only have abundance um, in every area of our life and that our anchor should be as solid and as permanent as it can be so that whatever life throws at us, and please God, only good things, we could stand tall and strong because behind us, in front of us, and within us is the power of the divine is God himself. Have a great day.